What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. I'm John, and this is our slash Tales from Tech Support. And like normal, we're a day late and a dollar short with this episode, but that's all right. Uh, you guys seem to roll with the punches pretty well, so we're just going to get on with it. Uh, yeah, I was sick again all weekend. I'll tell you, I don't know what's going on, but uh, and my eyes still look like I got both my eyes dotted by somebody. So, uh, yeah. All right, let's read some stories. Ran into the strangest glitch I've ever encountered in my life today. A staff member emailed me because they were getting a deluge of emails from a Yahoo email address with phone screenshots of random pictures pertaining to the other individual's personal info, among other oddities. They thought it was some kind of strange attempt at phishing, and I advised to just block the sender, which they did. As soon as I hung up, I got a call from our public labs asking why someone's print jobs weren't releasing at the printer. I did my usual troubleshooting. Is the printer online? Can I send a job? Can I send a job from a public station, etc.? And it all worked. I even did a printer restart just to be safe. So then I walked to the release station and saw the name attached to the broken print job was the same as the junk sender email address from before. What? Just to confirm I wasn't going crazy, I had them attempt to release it again and it once again didn't work. I called the staff member back from earlier and confirmed the exact print job that was just released showed up in their junk box. So sending a print job using print release software was, instead of sending to the printer, we even tried sending it to a different printer, sending an email to a completely unrelated staff member. I restarted all the relevant print servers and this thankfully fixed it because I had no clue how I would have even began to troubleshoot that problem. Yeah, it is a weird glitch. Is uh, I'm wondering if it was like, did somebody press something they weren't supposed to when they were in the release software? Somebody in there digging around and doing stuff they shouldn't be doing? I don't know. Still not sure why that would have ended up going to an email address. But again, most of you guys are smarter than me when it comes to this stuff, so uh, let us all know down below. Problem is on their end, but we should be the one fixing it. I work for a B2B software company, meaning our customers are other companies. The software requires a database to run. The database is maintained by the customer. Three weeks ago, we got a ticket saying that our software was giving an error when trying to generate a certain report. I take a look and the error message says there's a problem with the database. I let the customer know that the problem is on their end and they should forward this message to their database administrator so that they can resolve it. Unless there are any questions, I'm closing the ticket because it's not an issue with the software. Customer replies by looping me into an email chain with their own IT and DBA, who are saying that the software is at fault and we should fix the issue. I reply, 1. I've checked the software and there are no errors on our side. 2. The error message points to a database issue. I'm being vague here on purpose because if you Google it, there are a ton of guides detailing this problem and how to troubleshoot it. 3. I don't have admin powers for their database and our contract says very clearly that the customer is responsible for maintaining their own data. Customer replies, 1. It's not an error on their end because some reports are running and if there was a problem with their database, no reports would be running at all. 2. The report was working before they made some changes to the database, so the software is at fault. 3. They expect us to fix the issue ASAP. So at this point, I'm sitting here wondering what kind of clowns are running that circus. I repeat, this is not an issue with our software and there is nothing we can do. Would you like me to escalate the matter to my manager? Who will say exactly the same thing, but with more authority. 
No reply. I assume they finally got their heads out of their butts and fixed the issue. I close the ticket and forget about it. Last week, customer opens another ticket about the same issue. Very angry. Reminds me that this problem has been ongoing for weeks and nothing is being done to solve it. I reiterate, this is not an issue with our software. This is an issue with your database and your crappy DBA is the only one with the power to solve it. I then loop in my manager who immediately replies to confirm what I wrote and then messages me, what kind of shop are those clowns running? That afternoon, customer's IT replies that the problem was on their end and it has been resolved. Hooray! But wait, there's more! Today, customer writes to complain that we wasted three weeks without being able to solve a simple issue, that their own overworked IT team had to eventually step in, and it took them less than a day to solve this problem that we couldn't handle. I'm pretty sure this complaint is going to go up the command chain with people laughing all the way. They even said they made changes to their data in their replies. If you don't know your own contract, that's fine. I mean, okay, I sound stupid, but what's new? If you don't know your own contract, that's an issue, but it happens. There's some things that I don't completely know about any contracts that I do. Sometimes there's little nuances or whatever that I forget. But if, if it's very clearly stated that the database is your problem, this software is our problem, then you need to fix the database issue. Or at least have your database people look deeper into it. What else do you want the guy to say? It's not an issue with the software. Just because you can print some reports but not others, that just means there's a problem in that one particular part. I don't know. I'm overthinking it, I think. The incredible expanding backup window. My last job was sysadmin and support work for a university department. We maintained a bunch of Linux desktop machines for students, all of which mounted the student home directories so they could use any Linux box at any time. The home directories were hosted on a nice, fast, and reliable file server, which we backed up daily. Unfortunately, I didn't have a good solution to back up this server. The vendor basically told me that most customers just bought at least two and mirrored them. However, that was beyond my budget by a country mile. So instead, I mounted the file server shares on my backup server via NFS and backed it up that way. Not ideal at all, but it seemed to work. Backups kicked off in the evening and completed early in the morning. The backup software generated a report and emailed it so every morning I knew the backups had run. And one day when I came in I had no email indicating the backups had run. So I rushed to the backup server. Hmm, backups still running. Drill down a little. It's working on the file server. No surprise, it's by far got the largest volumes. I checked the file system sizes. Did someone create a zillion files or something? No, sizes are comparable to the day before and we do enforce quotas on the students for disk usage. So what's causing this? The system load on the backup server is tiny, it's barely working. Then I think, maybe the network? I had MRTG running, so I look at the graphs for the file server. Traffic is pegged high. I look back a few days and traffic is way lower. Drill down a bit more. Traffic increased hugely the day before. WTF. I'm thinking maybe one of my Linux clients has gone crazy and is generating a bunch of network errors or something. So I start looking at the MRTG data for my various Linux boxes. I find four that show network traffic increasing to maximum the previous day. Okay, this isn't a malfunction. This is bad code. We're a teaching environment. Sometimes weird things happen. SSH. I don't know what that means. That's the second time I've seen that reference. 
SSH into the four boxes. Check what jobs are running. Multiple users on each box, but one user is running something on all four. Actually, multiple instances of a job. Alright, now we're getting someplace. I know the students, so I stick my head into our student lab to see if I can find them, but they're not there. Back to my office and I figure I'll check with my coworker in a close-by office and I find him huddled with the student in question. Student had asked my coworker to look at their code since the project was running really slow. I explained my findings. Something in the code generating a huge amount of NFS ops. It's killing our backups. Can the student please kill the jobs and check the code? Of course they can. Student kills the jobs. Backups finally finish. Student fixes code and there is much rejoicing. Pretty sure that's the only time I used MRTG to troubleshoot a problem. Okay, I had to look it up. MRTG, multi-router traffic grapher, graphing, whatever. And uh, it's, I guess I sort of understand that. Sort of a diagnostic tool of sorts, so you can see where traffic's coming and going and how much it's using and all that. You would think, though, at a teaching university, you said you guys, you know, locked down the uh, data usage pretty hard. But it sounds like this guy somehow worked around it. Um, he was eating up resources in multiple boxes at the same time with the same project. Um, yeah, I would have thought there would be something in the system that would flag that, but maybe not. The day I successfully bend the truth to solve a problem. So during my first career years, I spent every afternoon at the IT department of a private business school. We operated our own mail server, which had a webmail interface. The web interface was a separate service with its own administration console. After some, but not all, configuration changes, the webmail service needed to be restarted, which usually took like 15 seconds, but never more than 30, as this was a very small environment where we had no actual processes. I learned about ITIL and such much later. Restarting the webmail interface sometimes was necessary due to it getting hung, or as a first and cheap troubleshooting measure. That one day, though, I made a change requiring a restart. Restarting it from the console, as opposed to restarting the underlying Windows service, kept user sessions open. As it was during lunchtime, and it only taking less than a half a minute, I figured just go through with it. How big is the chance someone actually trying to log in during this few seconds? Well, apparently big enough, because a user called and reported the webmail not working. I played dumb, told him we didn't do any changes, and asked him to delete his browser cache in order to rule out any eventual issues on his end, and guided them through it. Lo and behold, after that, the login worked, and the user thanked me for the professional support. You're welcome. Always happy to help. Sort of the same, but sort of different. I used to work the soundboard for a uh, local church, and uh, the lead guitarist, lead singer, he did both. Um, you know, those guys tend to want really hot monitors for their guitar and their vocals and uh when you're in a room that's not that big with hard surfaces behind the singer and the monitor's facing that hard surface so the sound is reflecting back into the room well the louder that monitor gets the, the softer i need to make the house speakers because i gotta be able to balance something somewhere so that it doesn't sound like total mush out in the audience basically I had to start little by little every time I worked the board, lowering this guy's volume on his monitors. And one day he got a little upset and I, and I knew what was coming and I'm sitting there with my headphones on in the booth. I don't know. I'm about maybe 75 feet from the guy and he motions over to me. 
points to the monitors and says, I said, okay, okay. So I reach out and I just touch the volume button for his monitor on the board. All I did was place my finger on it. Didn't turn anything, didn't push anything. And I just stared at him. And then I looked down and then I'd stare at him some more. Look down, stare at him. And he kept going like this. And after about 10, 15 seconds, he goes, perfect. <laughs> so I learned that day that uh, as long as I played along a little bit, we could all get things done. And he was none the wiser. And we didn't have people's ears bleeding in the front row of the audience. So sometimes it's all a psychological game, I guess, is the point I was getting at. Make people feel better and think that something's happening even when it's not. Make sense? You're going to cost me an entire day of work. IT support for a medium-sized business that uses 0365. Employees create tickets when they need help, usually by email, but this time in the end, spoiler alert, it turned out to be, we'll call her Karen because she's a Karen. Karen's email that was the problem, so she called IT instead of emailing us. The person that answered her call and took her info was already pretty busy, so he asked if he could pass the ticket to me to work on, and I said sure. Ticket said the following. Karen is reporting that she is unable to log into Teams. I mentally marked this as low priority and put it in my queue to take care of once I had worked through the more important things. 20 minutes later, we get another call. It's Karen again. And she's mad and says that she's getting ready to clock out because she can't get anything done and we're not helping her. And this is urgent. And she's going to report an entire day of productivity loss thanks to IT not fixing her computer. Yada, yada, yada. You get the idea. I tell my coworker to go ahead and transfer the call to me because I know that regardless of the reality or facts, she'll follow through with her threat and we'll end up in trouble. Effing Karen. So with Karen now on the phone, the conversation goes something like this. Ever since you made us all get the stupid text messages to log into our accounts, I've had nothing but problems and now it's not sending me any texts and I can't log in and I'm working from home today. And how are we supposed to get signed in if the texts aren't coming through? I was just turning my computer off and about to clock out because you're not helping me and what am I supposed to do because you can't send me a text? Hi Karen, the message that I got was that you're having some trouble logging into Teams. Is that right? Can you give me some details on the situation? Not just Teams, I can't log into anything. I go to office.com and try to log in and it's supposed to text me a code to type in, but I keep trying and no matter what it won't send me any texts or codes. Okay, Karen, can you go ahead and give it another shot while I'm on the phone with you? Fine, I've got it up now on the screen again and I'm still not getting any texts. Thanks, Karen. Can you do me a favor and please read the message box on the screen word for word and confirm exactly what it says? Verify your phone number. We'll send a verification code to your number. To verify this is your phone number, enter the last silence, followed by a tap, tap, tap of keyboard keys and a phone notification noise a few seconds later. Well, this is ridiculous. It's working now. That's great news. Anything else I can do for you today? No, that's all. Okay, thanks for reaching out to us, Karen. Have a great day. It's funny. We're all guilty of, you know, not paying attention, missing certain messages on the screen once in a while. But if you're doing something over and over trying to log in um, and you're not getting anywhere and there's this funny little box that keeps popping up with a message in it, eventually you would think maybe it's a good idea to read that. I mean, it's so simple. Just follow the damn instructions. 
Oh my god. But we already know people are crazy. Especially Karens. Or Kevins. Or Kyles. You've been listening to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. If you enjoy this content, be sure to follow my podcast. I upload new episodes at least three times a week.